since we didn't have any money, I had a scarcity mentality. That's the mindset sure. that was conditioning to sure. run with. We only have so much, mm -hmm. and then I don't want to lose it or spend it because I don't have any more to get. $5,000, that's my pie. Mm -hmm. How do I allocate that $5,000? I've got to go to a house or rent. I've got to go cars. i got to go food. i got to do the things. And then they end up and go, man, I don't have enough, or I don't, what do I do next? In my mind, it's simple, but not easy. How do I make my pie bigger? Abundance really comes from leverage. How do I leverage my skills for somebody else to solve a problem or create value? How would my life be different if I had an abundance? Treading water is the same as drowning to people like you and me. You better start swimming. Welcome to I'm the One Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Green. What's up, Casey? How you doing? Doing great, man. Living my life. Awesome. <laughs> right. Loving it too, right? Yeah. Life is great, man. Nice, nice. A lot of people say living the dream, like almost sarcastically. Oh, I, yeah. I mean it when I say it. I'm living the dream. I love my life. I'm just grateful for everything I have. That's beautiful. Well, congratulations. Thank you. So Thank you. with that sort of mindset, I guess that leads me into a good question is we talk about mental models and then improving mindsets. And, you know, is there a mindset that you think is the most important for a successful life. Yeah, I mean, I think a foundational mindset that I think about a lot is, you know, scarcity versus abundance mindset. Since we didn't have any money, we, I had a scarcity mentality. That's the mindset sure. that's, that was conditioning to sure. work with. We only have so much mm -hmm. and then I don't want to lose it or spend it because I don't have any more to get. <laughs> right. And I think that I'd say most of society is, you know, is either in that situation or conditioned to believe that I don't have, I only have so much. It's, it's, it's one pie. You see this a lot in politics, you see some business too, where it's like the pie is only this big and I only have this big of a pie. I can't do anything about it. How do I cut up the same size pie into different pieces? Okay. And when I really learned to switch my mindset from scarcity to abundance, I look at that same pie and I go, well, why don't we make the pie bigger? We can just make the pie bigger. What if we made the pie bigger? Well, now we have more to give out. And I think it's a really simple, but at the same time, complex idea. I was just going to say, how do you do that? How do you make the pie bigger? I mean, it's a great, let's use wealth as an example, financial. Yeah. I can look at it and say, we, you know, we've talked about a dream budget before. I could say, all right, I only make X amount of dollars, make $5,000 a month. And if anybody's ever done any budgeting, they say, all right, I got $5,000. That's my pie. Mm -hmm. How do I allocate that $5,000? I've got to go to a house or rent. I've got to go cars. I got to go food. I got to do the things. And then they end up and go, man, I don't have enough or I don't. What do I do next? And my mindset is, well, I know this is going to sound simplistic and easy, but it's not necessarily, it's simple, but not easy. How do I make my pie bigger? So if I take that $5,000 pie and I move it to $10,000, mm -hmm. right? Now I've got more money to allocate. Sure. And I think that comes back to the belief that there's an abundance out there. So many people think that, and I think they're completely misguided on there. You see a lot of snowflakes on the internet today and social media that, they, th I don't think they really understand capitalism, to be honest with you, or maybe they do, but they don't want to. Sure. Too much socialism out there, in my opinion. <laughs> but I don't think they really understand. They think for one person to win, someone else has to lose. Right. They think it's a zero sum game. Right. If I make a dollar, they're completely misguided and don't understand economics that you lost a dollar. Right, right. That's You're not how it. economics works. Sure. It's as simple as that. So thinking about it differently, if I could make a dollar, if I could be more productive, and I could create a way to create more resources, or I could expand the economic system by finding a way to be more productive in the world. I think that grows the pie, which is the abundance, which allows people 
to spend and allocate those resources better. A great example, which I believe will be an absolute game changer, is as we figure out energy costs. Mm -hmm. As we get energy costs down to zero, whether that is through geothermal, solar, all the natural ways to do that, you know, get off of coal, get off of coal. Oh, aliens yeah. come solve yeah, our yeah. problems. We finally figure out who built the uh, pyramids in Egypt. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the answer. I mean, I think the sun is probably the most likely, from what I know, sure. the most likely answer to the problem being able to harness it. Looking that way. We've made significant improvements over the last 30 years. You've seen the cost per kilowatt hour of solar just drop. It exponentially drops, right? That is going to continue. At some point, we will figure out how to be more abundant so that energy cost is never a calculation. There was a, a physics breakthrough recently around superconductivity uh, at room temperatures, and they haven't been able to replicate that study um, yet. I know a bunch of people are trying. This just happened like a couple of weeks ago. If we could actually eliminate the loss in energy transformation, it would change everything we know about energy. If energy was free, mm-hmm. imagine, we're in Phoenix where it's not as Hades, right? right? People have to pay electricity. Yeah. HVAC, it's expensive. Imagine where you could live if you didn't have any cost structure to energy. Mars? If you could just run it, maybe Mars, I don't know. <laughs> I think Saudi Arabia had some crazy temperature recently. Ooh. And energy is one of those great examples that that is an unlock to all sorts of other abundance. It's a fundamental unlock. You're, I think you're I think talking about energy going to zero or, or, or close enough to zero, it's negligible. But that, that would never happen in this capitalistic world, though, would it? I think that it could. I think that, I mean, there's, ever since I was a kid, you know, everybody's talking about cold fusion and the dream of cold fusion. And I'm not, I'm not savvy enough to understand exactly what could happen around that, to be honest with you. But I do think that there are ways and people are working towards reducing those costs in a significant manner, that if we could get to that level of negligible costs, mm-hmm. right? I mean, well, let's do some really easy examples. The okay. internet was a great breakthrough. Mm-hmm. foundational change in how we work and think and, and take action. Sure. You know, 1996, people thought it was a fad. Right. Like, now, you can't live without the internet. Right. You cannot function <laughs> as a human being. Literally, there are people out there that could not live. They could not live. They couldn't survive without the internet, no. right? It became a foundational change that allowed us to increase productivity. I think the current foundational change that's happened in the last year is AI. There is no question in my mind that AI is a transformational technology that will change the way we work and the way there will be businesses that use AI and then businesses that used to be because right. you can become that more productive, whether you're using ChatGPT, whether you're using Claude.ai, uh, any type of LLM, any type of um, AI tool, you know how to use it. It makes you that much more productive. Well, anytime you increase productivity, it allows you to do more okay. in the same amount of time. Okay. Right? <clears throat> I think AI is a great example of abundance. And there's a lot of debate on whether AI is going to kill us all and take over the world right, right, and right, right. drop nuclear bombs. I don't know what's going to happen. I think that's probably a little bit of an overreaction. So going back to the mindset, though, yeah. like how does somebody go from that? Because I think most of us do have that scarcity mindset. Yeah. You know, and you have that 5,000 that you're working with. Yeah. How do we practically you know, get that larger, you know, theoretically, I get it. But what are some things that we can do to in the mindset? Yeah, I I think I'd start with actually, I think this is a feedback. loop. What I mean by that is Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's, it's action first. Sure. And then it confirms the belief. And then you take more action. 
Okay. Right. So an example would be, we'll use a really easy example. Say you have one job and you go and you work a part-time job. Okay. okay. You take a second job mm-hmm. part-time to make a little bit more of money. Got it. You've just expanded that pie. Okay. Right. You now make more money. We're talking about wealth again. Now your time scarcity. Yeah, so you're, you're giving up time. You're yeah. trading time yeah. to make more money. Got it. But you're actually increasing your ability for resources and capital. Right. Okay. Right? Gotcha. Easiest thing anybody can do that. Mm-hmm. Anybody can work more. Anybody can go get another job. Sure. Anybody can go online. Go to Fiverr and Upwork. Almost everybody who's online now has a, some type of skill, and they could go do a task. I mean, shoot, they could do Task Rabbit. They could go uh, drive mm-hmm. for Uber, Uber mm-hmm. Eats, mm-hmm. Amazon. All of these ways to expand their capital and their money. That's the easiest, simplest today way to make more money. Right? Yes, 100%. Not the most efficient. Right. Not the ideal world. Right. But the easiest way to create some abundance financially in their life. Okay. Right? If you take that action and you have more money, you see things a little bit different. And what I mean by that is now you say, okay, well, how do I now change my thought process around how do I do the same thing how do I now make more money and, and increase the size of the pie without me trading my time and my labor? Gotcha. Right? But you, you've already proven to yourself, there's one easy way to do this, mm-hmm. trading time, labor, expertise, whatever it might be. And then I think the thought comes back to abundance really comes from leverage. And what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is how do I leverage my skills for somebody else to solve a problem or create value? Okay. Uh, a friend of mine that I've been advising for the last couple of years one of the key lessons I've learned from him, he's been extremely uh, wealthy and, and very, very successful. Mike, what Mike said to me, he said, what we want to do is create tremendous value and then have the ability to capture a significant portion of the value we create. So a lot of times we create value. You and I just talked about this earlier today before we got onto this podcast about you help people for free. Right. Okay. So you created value for people, sir, which is great. I want to do that. You want to do that. I love helping people. But then in those particular instances, you haven't had the ability to capture any of that value. Sure. Right? Yeah. And so it's like, all right, add value, create value, and then capture a portion yeah. of it and make some money of it. Right. Now, let's start with the creating value portion. I believe, to my core, the more I help people, the more successful I'll be. Sure. I, I just, I'm wired that way. Yeah. I don't know if it's from all the books I've read. I don't know if this was ingrained in me when I was a kid. I find a way to help people. I'm convinced it will pay off in the long run. It may not be in the short run. And what, what's your thought process behind that? Like, why do you actually think, is it the universe is going to repay you? Is it, no, I mean, honestly, yeah. like, what's your, what's your thought behind that? I have a little bit of a woo-woo belief around the universe. I, and, and this does serve me well. I believe the universe works for me. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, some people go, wait, what? I don't understand. And I would have been one of those people years ago right i have a positive optimistic belief that it's going to work out in the end yeah and the universe works for me and that belief gives me more confidence to take action and help. And it's interesting because as i've helped people i definitely haven't captured a significant portion of the value i've created but i have built uh, a lot of great relationships a lot of great friends a lot of great a great network i constantly try to add value in every interaction that i'm in yeah. and i truly believe that it benefits and my family and my friends as I do that over time. I probably could do a better job of capturing more of that value. And I've, I've, now as I've gotten older and more mature, I say no to things more often because sure. I just don't sure. have the time and energy to do as much value creation as I want. 
how can I capture some more of that value down the road is how I think about it. So I think abundance is a couple of things. I personally believe that if I help people and add value to people's lives, we're creating abundance for them. When I create abundance for them, I believe that it feels and feeds and allows me to create abundance for me. Right. And that could be directly. It could be right. indirectly. It could be, I help you, you pay me. Okay. That's like the simplest. Part. Sure. Everybody has a problem and everybody, every other person has expertise in specific problem. If you match up expertise with a problem, the person with the problem is, and they're willing to pay, they have a capacity to mm -hmm. pay and a willingness to pay. They, you could, that's the easiest transaction. Right, 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 right. Right. You pay me, I help you. Sure. We agree on our terms. Sure. Done. That's the simplest way to create abundance for that person and for myself. Right. Sure. The other, a better way is to use leverage in terms of being an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. right? And creating value and having other people that don't have my skills, skill sets and bring a, building a company and creating abundance for everybody. I also believe that when I win, everybody wins. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. And I think just to speak real quick on the woo-woo, and then also when you're giving to other people, whether you're getting back from the universe or whatever, you're getting back, you're learning when you're, when you're teaching yeah. others and helping others, you're learning as well. I always tell people when I'm coaching them, I'm like, I learn as much as you do. And I get as much out of this as you do, whether you believe it or not. And an another thing on the woo-woo part is it's, there's neuroscience behind it. Sure. You start rewiring yourself that way. And then you just automatically become that. It's just basically 95% of who we are is our subconscious. So the more you give, the more you become that. And whether you want to believe it's the universe or not, you start to wire that there's energy, blah, blah, blah. So. Yeah, see, I kind of feel like you do. I get into the blah, blah, blah part of it. And I used to be a little bit close-minded to that. Yeah. And honestly, we did a, my wife and I did a um, vision board with a coach that we've worked with in the past. Ooh, ooh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Total woo -woo. Yeah, exactly. No, I love it. No. Five years ago, I'd have been like, no, man, we're not doing a vision board. But I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm very open to trying new things. Yeah. So uh, Lana, dear friend of ours, uh, said, you know, I'm going to walk you through a vision board. We did the vision board exercise uh, remotely via Zoom. I think it was during COVID. I absolutely loved it. Came up with my own board. Yeah. I love my vision board. Yeah. And at the end, came up with a statement of intention. Love it. And I was, my statement of intention I created right, is now my mantra. Mm. I choose a life of growth and learning through playfulness that is successful. Mm. So my number one thing is what you talked about, which is growth and learning. Number two part, it better be fun. Yeah. And number three, that. I believe it will, it will be successful in the end. Yeah. And I think I'm in a really unique position now financially that I don't have to go make that money today. And, you know, we go to Maslow's hierarchy and you have to take care of this short term before we can work with the long term. You gotta, have, I gotta have shelter. I gotta have food. I gotta sure. have water. I have clothes on my back. Once you have the basic necessities of life, it allows you to free think about long term a little bit more. And so I'm always playing the long term game. I'm investing long term, adding value long term. And then I have to assess whether that's a good investment for me for my time and my energy perspective. Yeah. And so if we go down that path, it's all intertwined to me. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's one little trick necessarily around thinking about it from an, an abundance belief and an abundance mindset. So how can people take action is really the key. How can I start thinking differently? And I think some of these little tweaks and tools, think about what you really want. Like maybe go do a vision board exercise. Yeah. Uh, think about what, this is, comes back to self-awareness. What do I really want in life? Mm -hmm. And then what's most important to me? And I'm constantly reevaluating this. Yeah, you know, as you should. I, constantly, I want to grow. I want to learn. I want to spend time with my family. Because you're going to be different next month, six months, a year than you are now. So you have Absolutely. to keep on yourself. You Absolutely. have to pay attention to yourself in order to keep growing and become the person you want to be. 
And again, the whole vision board thing and what you're talking about, and like telling people to go do that, they're now doing that, which yeah. instead of just waking up, doing the same thing, going to sleep, waking up, doing the same thing, they're now actively looking at themselves, which yeah. is gonna wake them up, realize a few different things. And then like you said, you know, it starts to get in, ingrained in you and that's who you become. And so your mantras and all that, I love it because that's who you become. Yeah. And then you start becoming that without having to consciously think it after the rep repetition. Yeah, it, it's, it's funny because after you start thinking differently, it's hard to think how you used to think. Right. How do I, I can't, uh, one of the guys that works with me asked, Joshua asked me that one day, he's like, well, how did you think when you were my age? And I said, I, that was so long ago. <laughs> I, I can't yeah, remember <laughs> how I thought back then. And I guarantee it's nowhere near how I think now. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I encourage everybody to do is really just get some self-awareness around it and then say, well, how would my life be different if I had an abundance mindset? How and what actions would I take mm -hmm. if I thought differently about abundance? Um, you see a lot of people, I, I, hate the, I hate tit for tat. What I mean by that is I see a lot of people or and a lot of people, a few people I've interacted with. They say, if I do this for you, mm. then you do this for me. I hate that. Yeah. We don't we have a no tit for tat policy in our house. Nice. I don't like that. I do things for people because I enjoy it and I love helping people. I don't want to I don't do it for someone with the expectation of if I do this for you, then you I scratch your back, you scratch yeah. mine. I just feel like that that type of mindset is a scarcity mindset. And it comes off different too. It like comes off completely different. Yeah, when you, you, people read that, they understand. It's like, oh, that's not so genuine. Yeah, I've had people say it to me yeah. in business that are fellow entrepreneurs. Hey, if, if you show me this, I'll teach you how to do this. And I'm like, ooh, <laughs> I don't I, like that feeling at all. That doesn't make me feel good. Yeah. What problems do you have? How can I help you? And then when I have a problem, if I ask you for help, you know, I'm, right. my expectation is there's some reciprocity there, but I don't... It's, it's unsaid. You don't need to say that. Sure. If you help people from an authenticity and a genuine perspective, I most people will then help you in return if right. you ever need help. And you're happier too because oh. you're doing it genuinely. genuinely. You're enjoying it. Yes. This, this podcast is a labor of love for me. I want to help people live an amazing, extraordinary life. And I believe that having an understanding of who you are, focusing on wealth, health and relationships. I just love that framework. It allows people to live a better life. And like mm -hmm. I said this before about like, when I win, everybody wins. I feel like that if, if, I, if I'm winning, my family's winning, my team members are, yeah. are winning, my friends are winning, my network is winning. And it's interesting because I've kind of crossed over that chasm a little bit now where when you see somebody else win, I actually get more excited sometimes for them mm than I do from my, when I win. Oh, 100%. And that's it's a, that's crazy, a, that's it's a such, weird feeling. Oh, it's way better. It's, 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 it seems obvious and apparent when, you, when it happens with your child. Yeah. You're like, I love this person more than sure. anything in the world. And you see them succeed and you see them do a sport or school, or whatever, you're just so excited for them and you're, you love that deep down, right? That, it seems very intuitive and obvious to people. But then when you see other people, you don't even know them maybe necessarily that well and right. you see them win and you're like, wow. <laughs> that is awesome. It's amazing because they, they change right they change. in front of you. And it's just like, oh, wow. And you're hopefully it's not that moment or, you know, it, that, but that's a seed that, that gets into them and that changes their life forever in one way or the other. How can I help somebody create an inflection point in their life? Mm -hmm. So I'll give a great example of this. One of my employees, Oase, came to me. I think he was 23. He wanted to get become an expert in e-commerce. He had done a private brand. 
struggled with it, ran out of capital, no more subscription. This is a few years ago. <clears throat> so he's like everybody else. He's like everybody else. <laughs> goes on Amazon and buys a course. Yeah, right. Yeah, on YouTube you and struggles with it. They, they told you 80%, but if you got that 20%, allows you to make money. Right. And so uh, he came, he, 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 very smart, he said, okay, how do I go learn from somebody who's really great at doing this already? He lives in Phoenix. He looked up people, found experts, people with their own brands, found myself and one of my friends and reached out to us oh, cold. Good for him, good for him. And he started by adding value. Yeah. Sent an email, cold email to me. Hey, I saw your brands. I think you should do this, this, and this better. Oh, interesting. Amazing. Like, now, talk I, about a way to get a job. I mean, well, Money. Also, some people could take that the wrong way. Like, oh, don't tell me how to do my business. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. So he did this to my friend, Matt, and Matt hates when I tell this story. I've told this story like a hundred <laughs> times in front of him ever since then. He did both of them. He actually showed up at Matt's office. Really? Matt got freaked out. Yeah. He had e emailed me cold. I sent it to my wife and I said, you've got to interview this guy. She interviewed him, loved him. I interviewed him and I, I, I said, who else did you do this for? He said, Matt Kalatsky. And I said, Matt's a buddy of mine. What happened? Because I showed up at his office. I go, and then what happened? He goes, nothing really happened. I said, okay. He came in and he interviewed, but I called Matt. Uh, and I said, what happened? This, and he, so he, good. Matt says, oh, he freaked me out. <laughs> and I go, I would have hired the guy on the spot. So we had two mm, different mindsets 100%. around the same person. Yeah. And Oasis has been amazing. So I'd like to rub that my rose Matt nose nice, as much nice. as I can. Anytime he's he gets so frustrated the story as I tell it. Now it's gonna be on the podcast. It's perfect for him. Uh so he'll love this episode. What I loved about Oasis, he came in, he added value. For anybody interviewing for a better job or a new job, add value. Mm. Find a way to help them with their problem. I, this goes back to a core belief that I have. If, if you want to find someone living the life you want and add value to them in a way they cannot ignore you. This is advice I give to all the young guys I play soccer with. I'm like, just go find someone living the life you want, find a way to add so much value that they have no choice but to talk to you. What if they can't figure out how to add value to that person? Like, what's like, I'm, I'm just trying, I'm trying to put myself in sure. that situation, right? Find somebody else that can help them figure that out. Yeah. No, everyone I get has, it. Everyone's family yeah. or network yeah. or friends or teachers or something. Just find out a way to add value. You don't like mowing lawns, so I would show up and be like, hey, man, I'll mow your lawn. lawn. <laughs> hey, who's this person? The initiative? At least I'm, I get to talk to you and you never know it. I love the fact that he did that and he hit both people. Didn't just go after one, but hit two because it's like you said, different reactions. So I, I, I interviewed him in person. I said, hey, Luis, what'd you do? one of my favorite questions, what did you do to prepare for this interview? He said, I did this, this, this. I listened to a podcast you were the guest on, boom, 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 boom. And I did this work. I was, he's hired. Yeah. You're ready to go. Nice. Hire him. So I hired him earlier this year, came to me in March and said, Hey, you know, I'm going to move on. I want to start my own agency. And it was a bittersweet moment because selfishly and for the team and, and our business, it's, a, it was very sad to see him leave, Sure, but super happy for him. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're still friends. He's came in the office last week. Nice. Same industry. He's got an agency. So he's managing similar types of e-commerce businesses. Did he start locally here? Uh, he, funny enough, he, he left for India, I think a couple of weeks later, uh, his wife is in India and he's working on getting her uh, oh, wow. uh, a green card and, and, yeah. and eventually US citizenship. citizenship. So sure. he was actually uh, over there for the last few months and just got back. So, uh, but it's, a, it's that enjoyment you get out mm -hmm. of seeing somebody else succeed. Mm. And he said, you know, hey, listen, coming here was an inflection point for me in my life because now I, I, I hadn't seen it happen. And that was the brilliance of what he did. He said, how do I go learn from somebody who's already doing what I want to do? Yeah. He'd, he'd put the time and energy and he bought a course and he'd gone through YouTube and he had done a bunch of stuff, but he got to live in it. And I, you know, that was part of my pitch to him to come and work here. Oh, 
big time. So, hey, you're not going to do just marketing. You're going to learn. We're going to start a brand. We're mm. going to file a trademark. Mm. We're going to create a logo. Mm. We're going to do all of. The, we're going to negotiate. We're going to sell a brand. Yeah. We're going to do all of the things as like I call it like entrepreneur 101. Yeah. You're going to come in here and 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 see all of these aspects, the the good and the bad. And I'm going to share with you like the bad part too. It's not just the good. Sure. It's not always perfect. Right. 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 It's, it's never a straight line. It's always the roller coaster. <laughs> right. And so I'm going to share with you and you're going to learn from that. So seeing him being able to take that and go on his own and succeed, it feels like you feel like kind of like a proud dad. No, oh. you just feel like I love seeing that for people to take action yeah. and then making what they want happen. Yeah. And even, and we've talked about this kind of mindset about limited limiting beliefs. You know, he, I said, what's your goal? And he gave me a number for December. And I said, you need to double that goal or add a zero to the end. You need a bigger goal. Like you're going to get there. No problem. You need to think bigger. Was it cool with that? Or? Absolutely. You yeah, immediately yeah. change it. Yeah, like, yeah. I got to do that and go bigger. So <laughs> um, I, he's got that mindset already, but you know, we all put those beliefs and realistic goals we've talked about before. Yeah. So I, I think that the key for me is like, what can people do to, to take action yeah. around this? Yeah. And I think that people need to start taking action and just adding value to people, right? How do I okay. find somebody? And you said this earlier, you know, how do I find somebody to add value to this living my life? And maybe they can't add that value yet. And I think I think it's almost in almost every case you could find some way to add value to that person. Okay. With that being said, go practice adding value to your friends, your family. Find something you can help them with. Call call a friend today or tomorrow that you know is uh, got a challenge in some way that you think you could add some value to. So hey, you know what? I was thinking about you a lot, and mm. I just want to find a way where I could try to help you. I love that. You know, now you're you're getting outside of your box too, right? And now you're thinking about them instead of just your life yeah. and what's going on with them. And then you're going to learn from that as well. So it's, it's, that's a win-win. And I'm gonna go back one step for, further, you know, especially for younger people or people who haven't had enough business experience yet, they may struggle with what are they good at? Mm -hmm. You can't, you got to know what you're good at to be able to bring value typically. Cause you got to find the gap between what someone else is good at, what you're good at. Sure. And the easiest recommendation I have for that to take action is ask your friends, mm. what do you come to me for? You'll know this probably, but if you don't ask your friends, Hey, what do you think I'm great at? What would you say you would call me for help with? That's actually a, a scary thought too. Cause I know there's a 360 that people do where yeah. you criticize, you critique the, yeah. you know, and, and you, it, it's, you come back with stuff that you're like, Oh wow, that's what they think of me. Or that's what, you know, but again, that's, that's the, that's how you learn, right? You don't learn yeah. by every having roses everywhere. It's sure. by going through all of that stuff. So I like that approach. That's cool. Yeah, just give somebody an opportunity to really understand themselves a little better. But really, like, what am I good at? Yeah, you know, if your friends or your family always come to you for uh, finance help, for example, mm -hmm. or you know, maybe you're an accountant. That's an obvious one, right? I'm a CPA, and therefore they always come to me for accounting help. I, I get that, but they probably also come to for, for other things, right? You're a really good problem solver. You're great with uh, networking, interviewing. Right. So I have a friend who uh, had an opportunity recently he came across um, just a couple of weeks ago. And so one of his friends had got a job making a lot of money at a new at a company doing sales. And he explained to me the situation. I said, listen, you need to go get this job. Like <laughs> this job is potentially 10 X better than the job you have now. So his buddy went and got this job, Buddy went and got a job, made a significantly significant amount of money in one month. Was he working with him before? No, they're oh, just friends. Okay. And it's a job that my friend does sales. He's going to crush it in this job. So he called me and told me, and I said, no, you're going to go like, like not maybe you need to go do this now. <laughs> yeah. He's like, all right, what do you think I should do? So we laid out a plan and I said, you need to go to your friend and to call him up. And I said, you need to say to him, I'm coming to hang out with you for one of your work days. I'm going to ride along with you. I want to see what this job is like. I want to do this. I did this years ago 
when I was in and doing uh, wholesale mortgages, a friend of mine got this job and I was like, I'm coming to work with you today. He's like, okay, <laughs> we're not to breakfast. We're not work. I wanted to understand what he was actually doing for his job. I love that. That's a great way. Because then I, I really could assess whether it was something I want to do. Exactly. And I, by the end of the, probably the, by the afternoon, I was doing his job for him. So I had experience in it. I was quoting deals. And I was like, I'm getting this job. Nice. So I told my friend this. I said, listen, you need to go get this. Get understanding. Find out what's important about this job. Is it something you want to do? Is it really as good of an opportunity as you think it is? Once that happens, now you need to do whatever you need to do to go get that job. So many people say, oh, I sent out 100 resumes. Oh, I applied to 1,000 jobs. The worst. Well, you pushed a button on Indeed. Yeah, it's That's so not bad. getting you a great opportunity. But so. when you see these opportunities, just go grab it. So funny enough, uh, we talked the other day. He had talked to his friends, spent some time with him like on a Sunday. He talked to the, the hiring manager last week and set the interview for today. Um, he left me a message going, hey, I'm going to the interview today. I'm excited. Nice. Thanks for your help. And I left him a message and said, you know, man, you got to go get this. You're going to crush it. He just left me a message about an hour ago and said, hey, I got the job. And so I think he's going to absolutely crush it. Worst case scenario, in my opinion, is he'll at least 2x his income from his current job to his new job. That's huge. That's life-changing. And that's worst case. Yeah. Because there's, it's such a bigger opportunity than yeah. that. And I think that's just that mindset of making it happen. Of just once you see these opportunities, I mean, some people are like, oh, he's lucky or whatever. Timing is great. And you do need some opportunities. And sure, he had a friend and he got sure. in that way. But what you said earlier about people pushing buttons and, and indeed and resumes, I hear this all the time. I have clients that do this. And I'm like, well, did you follow up? They're like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> Email, phone, like, go old Blows school. my mind. Like, come on. Blows my mind. We've had plenty of people interview here that, I mean, sure flops and not prepared. I don't really, I mean, I'm not hiring you. Yeah. But when you have, it's so obvious to me, I've done enough hiring that if I want to hire someone during the interview, that's a great sign. Yeah. Like I want to offer them a job yeah. like right away. Then I know like this is the right person. And I think it's so easy because, because of so many people, the bar is so low, right? <laughs> because so many people don't do the Sad. extra work, yeah. right? Yeah. But it seems obvious to me again, that I'm a quick start, go get her. I'm just going to make it happen. If it's something you really want to do, just make sure you get the job and do the best job you can. Yeah. Because all you want to do is add value. Everybody wants people that add value in their life. There's no question about it. Sure. I mean, I've done this with my advising, someone who's been extremely successful financially and in business. I add value to him and his company all the time because I want to get to that next level. Yeah. Right. And so if I can continue to add value to him, I feel like that in return, I'll learn and I'll get better. And it's fun for me. It's just, it's just a win-win across the board. And that's another thing is like, like sports is a great, if you want to get better, don't go play with people that are worse yeah. than you. Go play with people that are really good. Yeah, That's how you're going to get better. It's the same thing. You become who you hang out with, right? So 100%. you go hang out with uh, successful people or, or people that you admire. And that's how you do it. Yeah. And, and get in, I always say, get belly to belly. Get in person, face to face. I mean, listen, we you're, all go to you're Zoom. You're in my space. We go to Zoom. It's all right. We're gonna you're gonna talk to me if I'm belly to belly. Oh, man. Let's get real with people. I mean, Zoom and phone calls. I mean, yeah, they are productive opportunities. You yeah. can create more productivity out of it. But I'm going to a conference, the All In Summit. It's a podcast that I absolutely love. Chamath and uh, Jason and Freeberg and Sachs and all those guys. So I bought a VIP ticket to go to the event next month in um, September in LA. And the goal of going, there'll be some great topics and conferences, is to meet a couple of great people yeah. to add to my life of awesome people. And so I'm going to go. Bingo. I'll do prep work before I go. Yeah. We should actually, this should be an episode. I should actually do an episode about what I'm going to do. All right. And I what like happens because of it. But I'm not going to just show up oh, and I'd walk like in. 
No. We're going to do research. When is this? Uh, I believe it's September uh, 10th. All right. 11th, 12th, something like that. It's on. In LA. So bought it's VIP ticket. I'm going. It's going to be a blast. I love these guys. I love the podcast. And maybe I'll get to meet them. Maybe I'll sit down with them. I'm sure I'll get great content. But when I go to events, when I've gone to Tony Robbins Business Mastery in the, in the past, I met a great guy named Adam. I sat next to him, became a friend. Those are the kind of connections I feel like that can really create those inflection points in your life and just going and figuring out, well, who's going to be speaking? How can I prepare myself for this? I'm going to spend the time and money to go and travel there and go to an event. So why not prepare myself? Oh, yeah. And then compare, and let's just use one of the guys. It says Chamath. Someone else goes, sits down, we play poker at some event. I'm sitting on one side, the other guy's sitting on the other side of Chamath. If I start adding value to Chamath during the conversation, is this a random example of this happening? <laughs> I mean, I think it's just a different interaction, yeah. right? I've noticed this a lot. So many people want to take from people that are more successful than them. Mm. And I just, I think it's better to lead with value. And then you know what? Don't ask for anything in return. No. Just find a way to add value to people. And those people, everybody wants more people adding value in their life. And you'll stand out too. Because you stand out, you, you separate said. yourself. Yeah, exactly. It's, it, it's funny because so many people think it's hard to stand out. And all it is is a little bit of smart work, a little bit of hard work, and a little bit of preparation because most people won't do the work. And you know, on top of all of this is just taking the action in the first place yeah. in, in, in general, like initiating. Yep. You know, there was uh, a Tim Ferriss wrote a book. Uh, what One of his books is uh, Tools for Titans or yeah. Tools of Titans. Yep. And in there, Gabrielle Reese, who's a stud volleyball player, I throw this out to so many people is... It's called the go first method is what she says. And it's mm -hmm. like, you know, we walk around with our phones and our heads are down. We don't initiate. We don't talk. We don't say hi. We don't smile. Start doing that. Like, just start saying hi. Initiate whatever it is. Like, for me, what I, I was doing yoga six days a week. I'd go in, get on my mat, and I'd just be in my place, which is beautiful. But for that week, I'm like, I'm going to go first. So I'd go mm -hmm. in, get on my mat, and I would say hi or whatever to the people. That week, I met so many different people and different opportunities just arose out of that. So just taking that first initial action, as small as saying hi or smiling, you know, it's amazing uh, what you'll find out. I completely agree with that advice. I, I tend to be a little more extroverted. So wherever I go, my wife's like, oh boy, he's going to talk to this person. I talk to every <laughs> Uber driver about yeah, their life. Yeah, I'm with you. I talk to waitresses and waiters. I probably turn into my dad in that regard. But I talk to people and I just try to, hey, you know, what are you doing? How's it going? Yeah. And I try to add value to everybody that I come across. And I just think I, it works for me. And I'm not saying it's going to work for everybody. You know, some people are more, more introverted, but I think that so many people, if the world, the world would be different if everybody adopted this concept of how can I add value to other people instead of how can I take from somebody? Sure. You know, I, I know some guys that go to conferences and their whole goal is how do I extract <laughs> yeah. from this yeah, conference right. these little bits and pieces of that I can use myself. And I do think that works in some regard, but I, it doesn't feel to me authentic. And I'd rather live off authenticity and be able to add value and just have a better life that way. Sure. And may, I don't know if that's the answer to making more money or not, but it's a, for me, it's a better path to, to a better life is because well, I enjoy a better people. It feels <laughs> like a better sure. chance to me and it just feels like a better life. Yeah. So, um, I think we've covered a bunch today about the mindset and you know scarcity and uh, abundance. I hope people can take some actions and, and start adding value to some other people and just saying, you know what? It'll work out in the end. Yep. And it's weird how you look back, at least I, for me, it has been. I've looked back over time and thought, wow, this happened because of something I did mm. a long time before. And then that person introduced me to yep. somebody else. Yep. 
And so it's really hard if you continually think about today, today, today. Mm. But if you look back, you'll see examples of this in your life where you've done it and then it wasn't direct. Yeah. Indirectly was a benefit and changed the direction maybe of your life, you know, whether it's a wife, whether it's a business partner, whatever it might be. And I find that fascinating. I was interested in that. So I appreciate the conversation today. Hopefully some people got some stuff out of this. If so, uh, subscribe to the podcast. Check us, check us out on I'mTheOne.com. And then as always, stay curious and never stop becoming the one. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, leave a review and share with friends. Visit I'mTheOne.com and ask me anything. And as always, stay curious and never stop becoming the one.